What's up, guys? Thank you all for checking out this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. A ton of big topics to talk about today. Of course, Morbius came out this past weekend. It is having a very, very rough weekend, not just at the box office, but also with the critical responses movie being very, very low and very negative. So, Shamara and I actually saw this film this weekend. We don't have a full review for you guys, but we'll probably talk about some of our ideas and some of our thoughts from the film and kind of maybe get some context to maybe what went wrong with Morbius this past weekend. We'll also talk about Ezra Miller. They found themselves once again in the midst of some criminal and and unfortunate, inappropriate behavior, at least allegations of that. In Hawaii, they were arrested. They were hit with a restraining order. So more trouble for the Flash star. So we'll talk about that as well. Doctor Strange runtime. We told you guys about the runtime a couple weeks ago. It turns out that runtime is actually shorter than the reported runtime that was rumored just a couple weeks ago. So we'll give you guys an update on that. And a former, how do I put this? A former, a former, a former actor who had played in a Batman movie in the past was very unhappy with the portrayal of one of the characters in the Batman for this new movie. So. I'll give you guys who that was and what their comments were in a minute. Should be a great podcast. Not in a minute, but later on in the podcast. Should be a great show. Plenty of stuff to get to. Joining me are my co-hosts, starting with Shamari Stewart. And Sham, it was a great weekend because you, you actually came up to New York City. You were you were hanging out with me at, in New York City. We went to see Morbius together. We hung out, watched some uh, Final Four. Sorry for your Blue Devils. <laughs> watched yeah. some uh, WrestleMania. So it felt very much kind of like a, a, a throwback weekend. It was great to have you up. And, uh, and great to have you on this podcast, of course, as always. Yeah, great to be here. And, you know, of course, you know, yes, we did. We did, of course, have a lot of fun this weekend. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just glad to be here. Uh, glad to be talking, talking our stuff. You know, we like you said, we have uh, quite a bit to say about Morbius. You know, we, we, won't, we won't really go through a, through a, a whole review, but uh, we'll definitely give our, our spiel about it. Yeah, exactly, and, and we won't try to spoil the movie for you guys who have not seen it, but Shamari and I definitely have some differing thoughts on the film. I think that it'll be very interesting to hear our thoughts considering some of the reception you're hearing from other people, so that should be a very good conversation. That'll be at the top of this podcast. Kendall joins us as well. Kendall did not make it this weekend, um, unfortunately, but he is here on the podcast, so with with you not making it up this weekend, I feel like you got to kind of uh you got to give us a little extra this week this weekend on the podcast. You know, what I'm saying you, you didn't you didn't have the full Stewart Bro experience weekend, so I'm expecting a 110 percent effort on this podcast. <laughs> can you can you give that to me? I don't want to see Julius Randle effort on this show. I think we need you know uh you know I want to see like a Alice Caruso or Pat Bev kind of kind of effort. <laughs> you know, I need to dive in the stands kind of effort from you today since you missed the Stewart Bro weekend. Well, yeah, I mean. <laughs> It was awkward, uh, you know, it's definitely awkward this week to find out about uh, the whole Ezra Miller situation. You know, this was a, that was a, a situation that we talked about, uh, you know, o- over a year ago. Um, well over a year, almost two years ago, basically two years ago. Yeah, it was actually two um, years ago. And so, you know, this is a this is a situation that we talked about about two years ago that, you know, it's reared its ugly head two years later. Um, and not looking good for me in my take. So we'll get into that in a little bit, but, but yeah, excited to be here. 
Um, you did mention, you know, the, the we did see the end of the career of Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski at Duke University this week, this weekend. Uh, and I always looked at Coach K as a very, as a figure very similar to Charles Xavier. Um, <laughs> you know, we've, I've made that comparison in me and EJ. We've had those conversations quite a bit, you know, for a lot of reasons. One, obviously, you have the very regal, you know, very regal career, you know, the teacher aspect to Coach K. But then, you know, people understand and comic book readers and comic fans understand that, Coach, that, that, that Professor X has a little bit of, got some baggage, you know, got some stuff in his past. We're like, wait, Legion? What's the deal with David Haller? What's the deal with, you know, he, he takes some, sometimes he'll take some, yeah, yeah, on thought, you know, sometimes he'll take a turn where you're not sure. And we've seen that a little bit in the portrayal, I think more so of James McAvoy as opposed to Patrick Stewart. But um, I think Coach K has had, had a little bit of that in his career as well. So I think there's a lot of parallels. I don't really know what the parallel is to uh, Coach K losing to North Carolina twice in his last season, in both in embarrassing fashion. So, but regardless, um, shout out to Coach K, great legend uh, for the sport of, of basketball and the sport of college basketball particularly. But um, yeah, I thought it was uh, thought, I thought that was, that was an interesting parallel. Yeah, no, I, I do agree with the Coach K to, to Charles Xavier parallel. Shamari, who's on the podcast today, is a is a big Duke fan, so. Um, it's kind of wild and surreal to have him come up to New York to hang out with for the weekend and see Coach K's career end. But I guess them is the break sham. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Uh, but but uh, this should be a good show. Excited to talk about this stuff. So let's begin with Morbius. So Sony's Morbius is out in theaters right now, and it is being panned by critics amid a very subpar opening weekend at the box office. The Vampire Flick, starring Jared Leto, grossed just $39 million in the U.S. this weekend. It currently has a Rotten Tomato score of 17%. So, Sham, you and I both saw this film. And I think before we get into our thoughts on the film, based on what you saw, and now you know these numbers that we're seeing to start, 17% of Rotten Tomatoes, $39 million, um, in the U.S. I think it was $84 million worldwide. Not big numbers at all. What do you think went wrong in, with the rollout of this film and the execution, given what you saw, that has led it to this very unfortunate situation where it's the lowest Marvel-rated movie since Fantastic Four from Fox in 2015, uh, I think it was? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, when it comes to... I mean, what, honestly, I feel like when it comes to... um, When it comes to movies performing poorly in the box office, it's hard to kind of calculate. It's very... It's... It's... To me, this seems to be a combination of the word of mouth being um, not unanimously good or, you know, when it comes to this movie um, and the critical reviews being so almost unanimously poor, uh, which is surprising to me. So full disclosure, I didn't think this was a very movie. Uh, you know, I, I did not enjoy myself in the movie there. I left, you know, I was, I was satisfied. I didn't think it was a great movie, but I thought it was fine. I enjoyed myself, <laughs> you know, full disclosure. Um, I mean, the audience score, the last time I checked, it was around 70. I think it was actually at 70. I don't know what it's at right now, mm-hmm. but it's very different from the critical score. So, I mean, people generally, that's seven out of 10 people. So people generally seem to not think this movie's bad. 
Um, and that's just generally what I've seen online. I don't, I don't know, you know, what the, you know, the quote unquote majority, I guess, is. But just generally, I've seen a lot of people saying it's not as bad as critics say it is. But also that is not a great movie. You know, it, you know, it's it's fine. Some people love it. Some, you know, a few people love it. But most people say, you know, it was fine. It was not awful. Um, but just fine isn't going to crush the box office, especially when the critics are hammering it so much. And in particular, when they're when they're when things are are um, misrepresented <laughs> you know, when it comes yeah. to uh, the uh, promotional the the promoting of this movie, you know that that I think is a big mistake. Um, so I mean, I think I think that accounts for a lot of it. Um, but I don't think it's as I, I just you know I don't think it's as bad as as the critics as the critics are uh, are kind of putting it out to be. You know, so I think it's, um, you know, I, I honestly I don't know the director's name offhand, but I don't, you know, they, I don't think I don't think they should be attached to a rating like this. This is not, to me, this is not Fantastic Four. It's not even close to Fantastic Four. It to me is superior to a lot of other, um, you know, kind of train wrecks that we've seen. This is this is not nearly the worst that we've seen. This is this is, this was this was okay. This was an okay movie. You know, it's not a cinematic masterpiece, but to me, it's not that movie. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I really explain it. I think the marketing had a lot to do with it, uh, and it's hard to overcome marketing when your movie isn't like spectacular or have a kind of a cult classic kind of thing. And also, I think the vampire thing kind of—I think I mentioned this before—but I think that kind of wore its welcome in the 2010s, yeah. and, we're, and we're past. So, you know, I think it's a combination of those things. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, last thought on there in terms of the vampire craze being, you know, here and gone well before this movie came out. I saw Morbius. I did not like this film. I did. Not, I do not have many good things to say about it. I, I did not feel like you know Shamari saying he feels like it's an okay film. I don't know if I could go that far for me. I thought this was bad for a lot of different reasons. So for me, when I look at this and say what what didn't work why why did this disastrous i think you use the f word i think i can use the word flop here i think 39 million in the first weekend with a rotten tomato score of 17 is boot that that does not mean you're going to see a lot of people going to see this movie next weekend um that is a flop so why did this flop happen i think there are a couple reasons number one i think the the the, the multiple delays of this film getting out clearly did hurt it this is a movie that we heard a ton about but should have been released a, a way 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 long time ago um and they had a recent uh rescheduling of, of the release date just a couple of months ago where it was supposed to be out right after no way home and they pushed it back even several more months after that so you know people when they get big time movies they kind of get attached to a release date and it is important i think the way they kind of callously move this movie around more so than really most even pandemic era movies i think did not help at all this to me felt like very much the kind of uh it's kind of like the 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 the, the crazy cousin of new mutants where there's a movie that's been in production for a really long time reshoots and all those things, but we couldn't seem to get released date. It seemed to come out after all the stuff we thought it would be coming out before. So that, for one, didn't help. 
I actually thought that their marketing campaign was okay. I think considering how much they tried to lean on some of the aspects of Spider-Man, you know, some of the stuff we've seen in trailers and seeing, you know, uh, uh, Michael Keaton, his, his, his Vulture character in the trailers, you know, it led to a lot of intrigue. It made people wonder, you know, what is going on? Is this something that I need to see in terms of how it relates to the Spider-Man MCU? Because we're seeing MCU characters appear. And their kind of inability to be even a little bit transparent on what exactly is going on, it almost led to just too much confusion for a movie that's already kind of obscure. Because it's not like Morbius is some character that a lot of people know about or a lot of people are invested in. He is not a very popular Spider-Man villain. So the fact that you already were kind of making the fans take a big leap with you to say, hey, I know this is not a character that's necessarily as popular as Venom, but come on this ride with us. Because we got this really talented actor, we got this really talented director, Daniel Espinosa, by the way, is the director of Sham. Um, you know, come on this mm-hmm. ride with us, and 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 you'll be you'll be rewarded. When you make so many weird kind of very, very explosive innuendos regarding its connection to the MCU without really a explaining what they are, and b if you watch the film, I don't think they deliver in a way that is uh, what's the word I look for. Okay, I'm not only one to be spoiler, but they don't deliver in a way that I think is profound enough to make you feel like it was worth sitting through this film if you do not like this film, is what I would say. So that, I think, hurt it as well. So for Sony, I think this does enter a interesting conversation because, you know, that, 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 crit- that, that audience score is still pretty good, and they'll definitely take that, but... Kendall, I'll toss this to you here because you having not seen this movie. I think me and Shamara would both agree that I don't think this this film does not have the fanfare Venom had at all. It does have somewhat of the uh, dichotomy of the fans seem like it more than the critics by far. But I, I think I think there are fans who love Venom. I think that a lot of people who are saying they like Morbius are kind of more in kind of Shamari's mode where they're kind of in defense where they're saying, eh, they have some issues, yeah, but there were some things in it that, that you could like. That's not the case with Venom. People make their defense for Venom. They talk about why they think it's an actually a really good, very fun movie. So for Sony moving forward, kind of with this universe, where do they go next? Because I don't see a Morbius 2 in the works because of this terrible opening. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. And does this leave doubt in some of these other projects they want to do, whether it be this Craven movie or whether it be this Madam Web movie? Where do you think this takes Sony now that we've seen this Morbius debut? Um, it's so hard to say. Um, obviously, Sony has a lot of money. And it's just, when, you're, when you're talking about, you know, a business, you know, or rich people making a decision, some, a lot of times there may be, there may be some level of vanity involved. And it's like the Sony... You know, obviously, I don't know who's who's really got who's who's the who's really the, the 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 one who's financing everything. They're the board and whatnot. They have to make money, but you know, when it comes to this Spider-Man universe that they're trying to build, this project, I don't know what the line is that they'll say. All right, we gotta cut bait right now because you know, is is Morbius? Would I say that that was a good business strategy to make Morbius? We said it at the time. This doesn't feel like this is gonna work. You could, I mean, unless you attach some mega mega star, I just don't see why people are gonna go see it. Um, now, now that this movie has come out and the reception has been negative, I mean, what does it mean for Craven? I mean, 
Craven is another story. You know, Craven. I I, I think Craven personally has more upside than Morbius does. Totally. Um, just hasn't. Yeah. So, in theory, it doesn't mean that Craven is gonna stink. It doesn't mean that people are not gonna go see Craven. You do lose a little bit of leeway. You lose a little bit of equity in the fan base when you come out with these movies and people don't like them. But, um, but to me, I think right now they just have to stick the course. You know, stay on course. But, um, but I don't know. It's so hard. It's so hard to say because. Again, they're not a they're not a studio that seems to be making rational decisions anyway. You know, it'd be one thing if we were talking about even DC was very was very hell bent on making money and very hell bent on putting out movies that were good ideas. They just weren't being made well for a long time. With Sony, I could have told you this wasn't gonna work. And they still went through with it. <laughs> Guns blazing. And it didn't work. And they're still going through with Madam Webb, which I could tell you isn't like isn't a money idea you know craven is not a money idea i think craven again i think it's a better idea than morbius madam webb i'm not really sure i gotta see what it looks like but like man i mean right now they're in a weird spot but i can't really say they're in a much worse spot than they were you know a year ago other than the fact that a year ago there was some sliver of a chance that maybe morbius is awesome and people are gonna love it but i didn't really buy that and then when you see the trailer then you see the, you know, you see, you know, there were the questions about what's going to be the deal with Michael Keaton. But, man, yeah, I'm, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not shocked by this outcome. Uh, the box office, not shocked by that either. Um, but I don't think it'll affect their immediate plans. Other than they, get, I think they may be a little bit more risk averse when it comes to when it comes to choosing which character they're going to do, uh, they're going to be, if this was awesome, if this was great and they made a lot of money, then yeah, I think they, they start pumping out more of these types of movies, but I think there'll be a little bit more risk averse when it comes to making these decisions. Now, Shamari, I think one of the things that's come out, uh, recently has been Kevin Feige talking about this film. And I mentioned earlier, um, Michael Keaton, and I mentioned, uh, post credit scenes. What do you make of Feige today? We record this podcast on Monday, stiff arming this film and the and in in the connections that it makes to the MCU, saying that that was all Sony's idea. That's what he. That is apparently what he said today. Mm. At least that quote got out today. What do you make of that? Without trying again, without trying to spoil anything that actually happens. Uh, uh I don't know. I mean, uh, clearly Sony. To me, that's not totally unexpected um, for a lot of reasons. I kind of would have expected him to say that regardless of how well this movie did because it was Sony's idea. I mean, you could see that from a mile away. I mean, I think I think we had guessed that before the movie was even, you know, before it was even, <laughs> we were like, yeah, you know, Sony's trying to do all this stuff with Spider-Man, clearly. Um, you know, I, I highly doubt Morbius was Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige had any kind of, uh, you know, thing, oh, yeah, we can do Morbius. Uh, that, you know, this screams Sony. So clearly this movie was Sony's idea. Um, and, uh, you know, the whole Keaton thing confused us in the first place. Uh, so um, it's I don't know. I, I We don't know what the whatever deal they have in place with who get who is able to be used for what, um, you know, Keaton showed up in a Spider-Man movie. He hasn't been in Avengers, uh, you know, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's all very confusing. Um, but 
but yeah, it, I mean, honestly, it doesn't really surprise me uh, that he would say that because, you know, he's he's under the Sony umbrella uh, as of as of uh, you know today. So um, and has been since he was introduced. Um, so you know, it is what it is. Um, and you know, I guess we'll see uh, if we get to see him more in the future. Yeah, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to make of of uh, of this comment. I, I I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily he because the word he I guess he used was Sony initiated that. I don't know. If that doesn't necessarily mean that he it was something that he wasn't involved in. Um, I can't. I mean, it would seem weird to me that like they could just literally just do this without like talking to Feige about how the story's been going on. I don't. I don't know. Something about this is weird. I mean, it's definitely the plausible deniability is very real because of just how, in a lot of people's opinion, I can't say it's everybody's opinion. A lot of the poor execution of what was done, but I don't know. This just this just seems this whole. I mean, this whole thing is weird. The whole Sony Marvel thing we all know is weird, and so I guess it's not surprising if there is legit kind of confusion and a very much a separation when it comes to some of these creative ideas. It what with what Sony wants to do with its individual Spider-Man spin-off movies, I guess the only thing I would say is you would think that characters that Kevin Feige's introducing, you would think he'd have some say in how they're being used, given that these are they've established that these are different universes where these movies live in when it comes to the Disney Marvel movies and the Sony Spider-Man spin-off movies, but I don't know. Again, it's kind of unclear to me. The last thing I guess on this for me and Sham, I guess you can maybe uh, say your last words on the movie. I just thought for me, I look. I think in terms of my opinion of the film, I felt like one. I thought Leto was fine. I thought that he did a pretty decent job. I thought they had some pretty decent action sequences, and and, and the effects on Morbius were pretty good. I just feel like there was just too much of this movie that was to use a word Shamar used when we were talking about it walking away from the theater. Uh, it was just too much lazy writing in this film to kind of I think really give it a chance they kind of established too many things in this film and then kind of just ignore them in very important parts I think the villain in this film is one of the worst superhero villains I've seen in a very long time and I think the way they position Morbius in this film it doesn't quite add up to the promotion of him as a villain or anti-hero I don't think you see a lot of villain anti-hero from him in this film. So how that leads into that post-credit scene that I'm not going to tell you about, obviously, makes it even more peculiar as to why that that even happens. So that's, I guess, my non-spoiler short, uh, you know, Reader's Digest review of this film. There's too much laziness in the writing, too much laziness. In, in kind of the, the, the building of story. Some of the editing is very weird and a disastrous villain. I think don't give this movie a chance. Mr. Martin, do you want any last thoughts on this film before we move on? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, I don't disagree with a lot of what, what you said, EJ. Honestly, I think it, it, to me it comes to, um, you know, just, just kind of how you view it, honestly, you know, um, we have a lot of the same issues. They're just not as as important to me. <laughs> you know, I think that's kind of just how it how it pans out. Because um, we were talking about it, we didn't disagree on a whole lot, but it just didn't bother. It just the stuff just didn't. You know, I was like, oh, okay, I was able to kind of just you know 
just like, ah, you know. And my expectations were lowered when going into this film, so I think that probably that probably it may have affected my viewing of it as well. Um, but yeah, honestly, I don't know. I just I didn't I didn't think it was terrible. I thought I thought Leto did a good I thought Leto did did a good job in the movie. I liked Morbius. I liked the action. Um, I liked, uh, you know, I liked a, a good chunk of the characters. Uh, not like the villain certainly could have been better. Um, but you know, I think it was important to me. The action, general plot, I thought was good. Um, so I enjoyed it. You know, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I could, I guess, you know, I will. I'm sure we'll talk more at length about it. But those are definitely my thoughts on it. There you go. So again, Morbius is out in theaters. You guys want to check it out? You guys, I, I like. I told people I don't like this movie. I think that it is. I think it's intriguing enough and interesting enough conversation point that I, I think if you like superhero stuff, you should watch it. I don't think it's, I agree with him. I don't think it's as bad as that Fantastic Four movie. And I only saw half of that movie. I've never actually actually seen that full movie. But I saw the first half of that movie. I want to say I was on the plane. I want to say <laughs> I was traveling somewhere. I was on a plane traveling. I think I was going to LA and I watched the first half of the film and it was awful. It was really bad. And then that's apparently the better half of that film. So I can't imagine. I I do not think that this Morbius movie was as bad as that film, but I don't think this is a good movie for sure. So I guess take that for what it will. I think it's fine if you want to check it out. It is in theaters, and uh, give us your thoughts on the movie if you want. You can always tweet us at New Generation Pod to give us your thoughts on the film. But we'll move on today and let's talk about uh, a story here that's a little bit disturbing. So let's talk about it. Flash star Ezra Miller finds themselves in hot water again following a disturbing arrest in Hawaii. They were charged with disorderly conduct and harassment. There is video out from TMZ showing Miller being denied entry into one bar by a female employee. According to police, Miller was thrown out of another bar after growing agitated with a woman singing karaoke, allegedly taking the mic from her at one point. Miller was accused of lunging at another man at the bar who was playing darts. Although a Hawaii couple had granted a restraining order against Miller after the couple said Miller burst into their bedroom, threatened them and stole some of their belongings. Now, Miller had yet to release a statement on this incident, but this is not the first time he uh, they have been caught and accused of uh, acting inappropriately in public. They were seen putting their hands around a woman and throwing her to the ground in a 2020 video that was shot from Iceland. So I'm going to put Kendall a little bit in the hot seat here. Because, Kendall, you have in many ways represented the viewpoint that DC would successfully be able to move on uh, and sweep Miller's behavior in Iceland under the rug. And for the most part, you were correct because he they, they moved forward with Miller in this upcoming Flash movie. He was at DC fandom, and they pretty much acted like nothing has happened. But here we are now, and this incident occurs. And now people are going back to the previous incident involving Miller with that woman in Iceland. And this, I don't know if it's going to go away as maybe easily as the other thing did. So I'll put you in the hot seat to say, what do you think they have to do now that Miller has put them in this position? Yeah. um... (laughs) It's like an interview question, EJ. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, look, I... (laughs) So I guess to answer your question, what does DC have to do about Ezra Miller? What I'll say is, obviously, look, they have more information than I do. 
Um, you know, what, what we know is that an arrest happened. You know, what we know, what we can see is a mugshot. So <laughs> right off the bat, when it's you a bad look. It's a bad look. <laughs> with the last incident, it's hard to really walk away from it. Whatever transpired inside the karaoke bar, whatever transpired <laughs> with the couple, I don't really know. But what I do know is he was arrested. And so, you know, again, there's hearsay both on both sides. Some people saying he's been dealing with he's been dealing with this issue for a while. Some people saying he wasn't doing anything wrong. He was being picked on. You know, it's hard again from my perspective. I'm sure and, and, they, and just I'm, just to be clear, sure Kendall, Warner Brothers. Uh, yeah, just real quick, uh, Ezra, of course, is non-binary, so they go by they as their pronouns, just to clarify. Right. You know, I'm sure that there's a story on both sides, and you know, we'll 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 have to get to the bottom of that. But I don't know. At the end of the day, it's it's a it's not it's not a good story. Um, but when it comes to the original. In terms of legislating the original situation, um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like you know they did what they had to do. Uh, um, that's the that's the double edged sword that you play. Obviously, they had more information than I did at the time. Uh, they being Warner Brothers, in terms of what they had to, in terms of what they were dealing with mm-hmm. when it came to Ezra Miller. Um, whether that was an isolated incident from Ezra Miller, um, what other incidents they have dealt with uh, over the years, I don't know. You know, I don't know his history, but I, it's 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 a hard situation. It's a hard situation to sort of navigate um, if you're if you're Warner Brothers, but you know they'll 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 deal with it um, the best they can. Uh, but it, it gets to the Gina Carano situation. That's what this is, reminds me of, where you're dealing with a person that, you know, has these issues time and time again, and you keep having to reprimand them, you keep having to sweep things under the rug and hope that it goes away. But at the end of the day, it, you know, if you keep, if you keep trying to sweep things under the rug, this is, this is the, the this is what could happen. I think you know? those... Yeah. Sorry to say. Yeah, I think though, Sham, unlike I think the Gina situation, and of course you and Kendall would know it much better than I do because you guys follow Star Wars super closely, though I did follow that situation. Disney, when Gina was doing things that they disagreed with or they didn't like or they just wanted to get out ahead of, I mean, Disney was at least saying something. They were saying this doesn't represent our company or whatever. Like it wasn't until the, the last one they were like, all right, she's, you know, she's been fired. I think the difference with Ezra is that Iceland incident happened, and we got zero from DC and Warner Media. They did not put out a statement. They act like it didn't happen. So this puts them in a very awkward situation because we could say Disney didn't act swiftly enough, or however you want to, however you see that Gina situation. But you can't say they didn't at least acknowledge that Gina was bugging. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like. Warner Media and DC, for whatever reason, have not. Now, is it because Ezra is dealing with some emotional issues that they're trying to, you know, figure out? Possibly. But as Kendall pointed out, I think it does put them in a tough situation when now you kind of, once you decide, I'm not going to address it, now you're on record as kind of enabling whatever happens after that. Because 
if we don't see a public reprimand, we don't see any kind of public discipline, whether it's fair or not, the the perception and the assumption is that he just that they just got away scot free. Apologies again for saying he. Um, they got away scot free. So I I don't for me with with Warner Media in, in D.C. They're in a tough spot here. A lot of people are pushing how this Ezra situation and the situations he's they've been in are and how it juxtaposes what we've seen from Will Smith and how he's already losing movie deals and been kicked out of the Academy. And they, while Ezra Miller is still the Flash, we've not seen any discipline. And there seems to be a double standard happening. So DC, I think, needs to do something, Sham. But what do you think that something is? Is the big question. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, I don't know who took action here, whether it was Warner Brothers or Warner Media or the director, but they did take action against Johnny Depp, um, which that's kind of its whole. It, that's kind of the whole thing with the Harry Potter, um, you know, the Grindelwald. <laughs> Uh, character, which that's its, that's a, that's honestly its own discussion. Timing, uh, timing of this is great, right? Uh, yeah, of course. You know, with, with Ezra Miller, uh, oh uh, being fe- being definitely featured in that. Yeah, not film, very film, featured in the trailer franchise as well. Sure, not very featured in the trailer. Made sure time. to sort of hide, but uh, he is in it though. The role you see him yeah. in it, um, but did take action against Johnny Depp, um, <laughs> uh, which you know whoever side you're on, I know that's a very he said she said. Uh, situation um but right. they did take which action we've had we talked about that one as well yeah which <laughs> it came, it came to aquaman was, yeah it came to aquaman oh, yeah, there's yeah. a lot we talked about that <laughs> ad nauseum as yeah. well so um so yeah the, you know but they the action was taken i don't know whether it was jk rowling that took it i know she you know reports herself to be like kind of a feminist you know and all that all, right, right um you know so i don't know if she took action i don't know if warner brothers took action I don't know who took action, but somebody took action, uh, you know, underneath the Warner umbrella against this actor who is a big actor, bigger than Ezra Miller. So I don't know. Um, but however, that came after years and years and years and years of, of legions of people complaining about him and saying that he needs to go. Yeah. So, you know, there is not that much energy surrounding Ezra Miller. And, uh, and, and I obviously Johnny Depp didn't have a movie that has already been filmed that's coming out yes you know two films that have already been filmed that are coming out that you can't really you can't scrub you know at this point yeah I mean, you can but you know that would be catastrophic right um so you know so i so i don't know um you know i don't know why ezra miller doesn't have and i've said this you know, at this point, a, a countless number of times. I don't know why this Ezra Miller issue doesn't have the uh, you know publicity. Ironically He's, enough, the Will Smith situation. They are yeah with the yeah with the Will Smith stuff. You know, I mean Ezra Miller is the Flash. Yeah. You know, major major DC superhero. Yeah. Um, and there's no like there's no traction. Uh, Warner Brothers did sweep it under the rug, as you said, Kendall. Yeah. Um. Now the key situation with the other with the other situation involving Ezra Miller was that the people involved never spoke. Clearly, it was people involved there was some sort of there was some, deal. So, there was some kind of deal payoff. Some deal something cut. happened. <laughs> they didn't say so, but it's obvious to yeah. anyone with eyes right. 
yeah. that is that knows how now with this situation, yeah, that a check was cut. That, yeah, check someone was, check got was, paid. someone got paid. A check was cut. <laughs> yeah. and we moved on. This situation, the fixer couldn't get there in time. It seemed, and <laughs> yeah, arrests were or, made. Or the folks in Hawaii just didn't care. Yeah, so I yeah, don't care right? about that. This man ruined my my night. Yeah, I don't care about your money, Warner Brothers. Yeah, so it you know it really that that really hurts. Ezra Miller's case in this in this scenario because you can't you can't hide behind five seconds of video. Don't really see my face. You yeah, hear my you voice. Don't, don't don't know the context. Don't know the context, and no one's ever elaborated on what actually happened that day or that night. Man, that stuff that stuff gets me so hot, man. Yeah, and you guys that were saying it at the so time. Hot. I just I can't I can't <laughs> yeah, deal with it. Was this. On, it's, yeah, it was unacceptable. And it's so hypocritical. It's so hypocritical. Uh, I don't mean to get on it. Yeah, yeah. It's so hypocritical. And there's a lot, and EJ, even even the thing that you sent, EJ, that you that you sent us before the show, mm-hmm. uh, with people kind of giving you know Ezra's quote unquote side of the story about how he was you know verbally harassed and, and verbally abused at right. this discriminated place, against, at, discriminated yeah. against and stuff at this place and all this stuff to to kind of support him, um, you know. Uh, my thing is, I mean, were those people there? Um, do those people know Ezra? All I know about Ezra. Is that I've seen, uh, I've seen Ezra Miller choking out uh, a woman, um, just on just camera. On camera, yeah. I don't need context. Very angry. What context? You know, it, she wasn't that, hit. She wasn't hitting him. That, she was that, not. She was clearly uncomfortable with the choking. That 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 was in a very makes, public setting. You know, uh, you know, because even in that that thread of tweets that was go- breaking down, and and they say, that, and, a, and in the thread they're saying that there are facts. And I don't see any facts. No, right, no, right. So yeah, I was like, absolutely. why do I believe so, what yeah, you're saying? The facts of the case, obviously, were that he was arrested. You know, and I'm sure maybe it was it's... a police report and whatnot. And but what I will say is that the that Twitter thread was relying on there was video of him at the karaoke bar, okay. being cordial, being yes. just normal. Sure. And that is fair. You know, look, obviously, anybody that if you had an interaction. Like I'm sure it was a long night. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you, if you I've if you're fine at 10 p.m. You know, yeah, I'm sure you've seen people. He wasn't belligerent at. I'm wedding. sure you see people every day in New York. They're cordial, very cordial, and they'll snap at the sec at a, in a <laughs> second for nothing, right. for seemingly and, nothing. Yeah, and like so, an end that that the other thing I'll say is that that video, while that video, I guess, is in their favor, the other half is we've also seen Ezra Miller on video choking somebody and being very angry. So we can't, but, and we, can't and we even see, and there's even video out of Hawaii, and there's, and there's even video out of Hawaii where he's, oh, excuse me, they are again. Apologies to Ezra for that. Um, where they are trying to get into the bar, and a female employee has to like physically push them away. Like he, like they were not willing to just accept that they were not going to be allowed entry into the bar, and this, 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 this woman who's probably about five foot five, you know, whatever. Is having to physically push them away because they were not willing to oblige to whatever the the rules were being enforced at the bar that weren't allowing them in. So, so and, and to be clear, look, I I think that as a person, as a minority, as a black person, we all understand that you go into these situations, you fate, you, you encounter people who aren't nearly as accepting, who may be racist and. For Ezra, who's non-binary, who um, you know, openly associates himself with you know LGBTQ community, I I know for a fact that he that they excuse me again definitely get 
crap from from people. There's no question about that. You know, the question that I seem to to ponder with Ezra is how do they react when they face any kind of adversity, any kind of situation that isn't great? It it seems like they react very explosively. And and that's from from the the context clues that we're getting. We're getting allegations. He's they're burging into people's bedrooms. We see them choking a, a woman. We see them. We hear these allegations that they're taking mics away from people singing at karaoke or lunging at people playing uh, darts. Like, what? What are you doing? At a certain point, you especially when you're a star, especially when you're the head of a franchise, just like we talk about in sports. At a certain point, you have to remove yourself from situations that are dangerous and situations that could lead to bigger headlines. And he right. seems they seem to lack that kind of. That, that that thought process, that that understanding that right. whatever beef you may have at that moment in time, one, you shouldn't put your hands on anybody. But two, even if the, the person does something that you feel like is worthy of hands being put on, that because of your image, because of what you represent, because of the the weight that's been put on your shoulders to carry a franchise like the Flash, that you can't put yourself in a situation because you because you embarrass a whole company, you embarrass a whole franchise, you embarrass a whole fan base. When you put themselves, when you when you put yourself in situations like this, literally, and, I, and I've, I've yet to see, I've yet to see them uh, find a way to say, you know what, let me remove myself from this, and that, that that's and scary, and that's and that's someone that you can't trust. That's a whole issue. Right. We talk about it all the time in this podcast. We talk about when you have you casting these people, you got to find people that could deal with the good and the bad. There's a lot that comes with being the head of a franchise for a superhero property, and. There's a lot that comes with it, and again, a lot of it is fantastic, but it's it's taxing, it's grueling at times, and you gotta understand how to deal with the fan base, how to deal with people that are not as accepting. If you are black, if you are a woman, if you are LGBTQ, there's a lot that comes with that, and it's not for everybody. So, and I'm, when and I see I'm, this, I, it, it makes I'm, me wonder why why DC is so hell bent on just pushing forward with somebody who clearly doesn't seem ready for this or at the very least they're dealing with issues that they need to address before they can be put back into the forefront to yeah, push and, this and i'm so and i'm so done with with handling ezra miller with kid gloves i mean this person's obviously bad news i i i wouldn't i'm not gonna go as far as to say i don't care what issues they're going through that's that's mm-hmm. kind of hard right. i wouldn't necessarily go that far um clearly they have issues that they're dealing with that need to be handled and i i hope that they're able to do that uh but this person shouldn't be the flash <laughs> this person yeah. shouldn't be making millions of dollars and, and, so and going to hawaii and, and 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 doing whatever they're doing in hawaii and putting their hands on people in other countries like sweden and denmark wherever, wherever they were <laughs> right. they shouldn't be doing that and 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 what gets me is these these fans right which every celebrity has toxic fans that support them no right. matter what they do but these fans who make this a, 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 a like the person you sent ej they make this a trans issue Right, and the the post that they made, they said, "Oh, the summary is stay out of trans people's business." It's like, so he's allowed to just put his hands on people and get arrested, and the summary is believe his side and and ignore it. Like, how is that the yeah. summary? And and, 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 and I think that service. there is, and I think that really is. I think you know, it is a commentary on where we are as a. I hate the word society, but I'm going there. Where I, I'm seeing a little bit of that too much from all marginalized it's, it's groups. It's absurd. Where it's, it's really, it's, 
if, if you're not so, black, I don't want to hear your opinion on this. If you're not Latino, I don't uh, want to hear your opinion hear on way. this. I, 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 I don't not, if you're not LGBTQ, I don't want to hear your and, and when when there are even, issues that impact all people. Yeah, Ezra and from, is putting his hands people on people that I that impacts anybody because he's putting hands yeah, on Yeah, and even people. from people that I know and respect who are not in, you know, black saying, "Oh, am I allowed asking me for permission?" Right. Am I allowed to speak on this? It's like, of <laughs> I, course you're yeah, allowed I, I, to I don't speak. Care. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you not to speak yeah. on an issue. That's ridiculous. It's, we need to we need to stop with the you can't. You, you want to know what's ironic? It's, it's, it's gatekeeping. It's gatekeeping. It's, it's, I think it's, in some ways it's, it's gatekeeping. Like, no, I think it's gatekeeping. You're allowed some, to have an opinion. Right. right. I think in some ways. Opinion, and you should Ezra listen to other people's opinions, but you're allowed to have an opinion. I think in some ways it's gatekeeping also that kind of skirts accountability. Because because by by because by really, saying really well you don't understand this plight therefore you can't speak to outrage about what you saw that's what you're doing you're saying that that person is not that that you know it's almost like it's it's very different but it's almost like when you have a, like a, a sports player and a team you know let's say a sports player goes and he gets into like a fight or does something dirty on the court and the coach is like oh we, we, we're handling it internally. And then the media's like, well, what does that mean? How are you going to discipline players? He's like, look, that's not nothing to do with y'all. We're going to handle this internally. And it doesn't matter what you guys say. I, I know the kid. I know their character. And I'm the person. Sounds like Coach K. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> and, 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 like, and, then, and then they come out, you realize nothing really happened to that person. They got a slap on the wrist. They didn't get any punishment. Maybe they got one game suspension, something stupid. Like that, to me, when I hear that, that's what I hear. I hear... You know, and you see it in a lot of different things. They're even worse examples. I don't even want to go there that I could think of that way where you see that. That's what very I, disturbing. But, like, I just – that can't happen, you know. What so, I'll say about um, – Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say about Ezra Miller that, you know, is ironic. To bring it back full circle is when we talk, you know, obviously everybody talked about what happened with uh, the Will Smith situation and how, you know, we're talking about a guy that, that won an Oscar that, you know – uh, on the same night that he could have been arrested and was removed from the from the ceremony from the award show, you know, we talked about the story last week, EJ, about Ezra Miller, you know, and and, and the Flash and and, and, the, and Justice League winning some, you know, whatever you want, cockamamie, you know, award for best fan cheering moment ever, you know, in movie history with the Flash going back in time in the Speed Force. And then yeah. that same night or that same weekend, yeah, Ezra Miller goes on this alleged rampage, allegedly, right. Right. in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and again, obviously the Will Smith thing was so much more public. So when people, we obviously when we make the comparison between Ezra Miller and Will Smith, we understand why Will Smith. Yeah, and that's Ezra Miller just is Will Smith. right, and he's not Will Smith to begin with. And this thing happened at this thing happened at a bar. Yeah, and this thing happened at a bar. You know, yeah, karaoke bar in, right. in, in Hawaii, in Honolulu. But regardless, just but the the energy has to be has to be the same because I have people. I mean, we hear you know Amy Schumer talking about she was traumatized by what happened with Will Smith. You know, and that obviously that wasn't great. But you know, obviously the Ezra Miller situation wasn't great as well. But what I'll say is again. You know he's he's got due process. He's saying there's another side to the story. Well, he's uh, not saying anything. It's 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 it. What what is to Shamari's point? It's these stands. Yeah. that's what I'm gonna call them. Yeah, it's these stands 
they're coming out with screenshots and videos and like saying things yeah, and that's that, fair. fair. They're saying they're facts, but they're you not really facts. They're just kind of opinions or allegations. About Warner Brothers. He's not saying anything. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's scary that Warner Brothers continues to because at some point. When there's this pattern with Ezra Miller, you have to at some point you're gonna have to you're gonna have to respond. You're gonna have to say something. Just like D- Disney, Disney was very quiet, you know, initially with the Gina Carano stuff until eventually these things started to keep happening, and you were like, you can't keep covering this. There's nothing to cover up. Like Gina Carano is, you know, making a, you know, <laughs> is making a stir online, whatever you want to call it. With with Ezra Miller, this situation. I don't really know which set Twitter off more ablaze, this one or the first one. But regardless, this was a lot more public. Again, he there was a mugshot. Now this and if the reports are it, correct, it's wild that, that this for whatever reason this one, even though the other one is there's more proof. <laughs> yeah, exactly. this one yeah. seems to have gotten more people's attention. Yeah, yeah. Once you have the mugshot and once it's a second offense. It becomes a legend. Second event. Yeah, and then there's an arrest that's involved. Yeah, yeah. You know, it becomes harder to to convince people. And the stories are a lot more, just, they're a lot more juvenile. I don't want to use the word heinous because it's probably a little harsh. Yeah. But, but, you know, it's just. And and I think what's scary, I think think what's alarming is that. Yeah, it's really bad. You know, just the going in and threatening people. Yeah, (laughs) when you told me about what happened, I was like. He's got to, or they, I'm sorry. they got to go. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and I think what's also alarming is that these allegations match the behavior we saw in the other video. Exactly. It's not like, oh, the other video was something much more benign. And then this is like, wow, I, I, can't ima- I can't imagine they would do something like that. I know we saw them in a little spat earlier, but that seems like a leap. Like, you you saw that video and then you hear these allegations. And you're like, you're like, yeah, that's the same person. I yeah, mean, same person. that's the same person. Yeah. Now, it yeah. doesn't mean that it's exactly. true, but there are, of course, only allegations. But I now have video evidence of them acting in this same way, and in a worse way, really. So this is more or less the same. So that 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 puts them in a tough spot. I think for me, and we'll wrap it up here before we move on to the next topic. I think for me, DC and Warner Media they have to say something. They have to say something. I don't know if I don't honestly know if I need to hear from Ezra Miller at this point. I don't. I don't know if like, unless the, these allegations are preposterously false and untrue, and that if it turns out the people that he was against were raging transphobic people who made up allegations against him, then, then you do have to. Then I do have to hear from him. Then he needs to say that. But if that's not the case, then I don't know if I need to hear any more from him. He's not said anything. He said he thought he, they thought they can get away with the the first choking incident. This incident doesn't. I don't need to not hear you after this incident. So, because you you showed me your character the first time, you thought that you could do that and not address it to the public. So, okay, then now I don't need to hear from you anymore. So now it's up to Warner Media and his employers to say, what are you going to do about this? This is somebody that potentially is unhinged and doesn't seem someone fit to move forward in this role and represent Flash fans and DC fans moving forward. And th- that that needs to be addressed immediately. The fact that we're now a week out and we're a little less than a week out and we've heard nothing from Warner Media, is very alarming. And I think it's it's what I see is I think a lot of DC fans, and I'm a, I'm Olympian, uh, throw in Zach, Snyder, uh, Zach Snyder fans because there's a lot of fans that do support Ezra because Zach casted Ezra. 
I think their will ability to kind of see no evil, speak no evil, is gonna. I think it helped DC get through the first crisis with Ezra. And I'm scared it's gonna help them get through this crisis with Ezra, because they're every time anyone else does anything wrong in Warner Media, they're one. They want to spam the post saying, "Oh, release the Snyder cut and restore the Snyderverse and all that crap." But anytime any of their faves are in some trouble, any of their faves have to speak to their actions. It's crickets, or it's just this. It's people coming out and trying to defend him somehow. I've seen zero people from that fan base that want to get on DC for every single thing that's not involving Zack Snyder. I've heard zero from them on this. But they claim to be social media warriors when it comes to issues that happen with Ray Fisher. Or other issues that we've seen with Warner Media and how they operated. But this, I haven't heard a peep. So, it shows you the Fugazi nature of that fan base, the rabbit edition of that fan base. Not everybody, of course. The rabbit core of that fan base, the, there's, there's Fugaziness in how they operate. And it's up to us, as regular folk, to speak out and not allow DC to get away with this. And say that we're going to let Ezra Miller come back to DC fandom in 2022 and crack more fart jokes and and, and, and 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 just act like nothing would happen like he did in 2021. Like they did in 2021. I'm sorry again. Which was an embarrassment. A complete embarrassment. It's up to DC. It's up to us other superhero fans. Us other DC fans. To not allow that to continue. Let's talk about Doctor Strange. So if you guys remember a couple of weeks ago. We talked about Doctor Strange and it's runtime. The Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is supposed to be a very expanding, very, you know, universe-expanding film that will introduce, perhaps, well, will definitely introduce new characters. We know we're getting America Chavez. And perhaps other characters from different universes we have not been encountered with in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We heard a couple weeks ago that we were looking at a runtime somewhere around 2 hours and 25, 2 hours and 26 minutes. Now we're hearing that that runtime was actually false. That, in fact, when it comes to this film, we're looking at a runtime that will be actually confirmed. Two hours and six minutes. So, Sham, I think that this is very fascinating to me because, as I mentioned, this is a movie that's supposed to really... It's supposed to do a lot. Like, we're supposed to be introduced to a lot of people, potentially. It's supposed to combine a lot of different things. This is not just a kind of simple movie where it's like, okay, beginning, middle, end, and you move on. This is supposed to kind of be somewhat of a complicated film. Two hours and six minutes, I'm not going to act like that's like no time. You know, a two-hour movie is a long movie, but it's not as long as I think we would have expected. That time would sit it right around movies like Iron Man 2 and Spider-Man Far From Home. So what do you think going on here, Sham? Why do you feel like this film is, I don't say short, but is the time that it is? It's not the long two-hour, 30, two-hour, 40-minute epic that I think we were expecting it to be. Um, I'm kind of glad, honestly, that it's not, you know, super long. Um, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like some, some of these are like really long movies. They're getting a little, it's kind of getting a bit too much. Mm. Um, you know, or for non-Avengers, I'll, I'll put it that way for non-Avengers films. Um, it's getting a bit too much, you know, we can try to reduce the, the runtime. Um, like as much as, to bring Morbius up again, but as much as, you know, Morbius had its issues. I thought the runtime was great. You know, I wasn't there forever. 
you know, I didn't, you know, take two bathroom breaks uh, while, <laughs> while I was uh, watching the movie. It was just, I was there, you know, had my snack and, you know, yeah, watched the movie and then left. It was a fun time, you know, didn't, didn't have to plan my whole day around it. So it's, it's, you know, I, I think it's just, it's good to kind of reduce the runtime a little bit, make it so that, uh, so that it's not, it's not, you know, a three hour, uh, endeavor. So I'm, so I'm fine with that. And even that isn't like a short movie. That's still, you know, it's still, it's a little yeah. lengthy movie. Yeah, for sure. So, uh. So, yeah, you, you know, clearly, um, or at least I wouldn't say clearly, but I would expect, you know, some things were cut, you know, and maybe more things will be cut. Um, and, you know, we may or may not see it in deleted scenes. And, uh, and you know, I, I think that's probably what happened, but I'm, not, I'm certainly not upset about it. So, Kendall, the, the rumored clock, uh, the runtime they had for this film weeks ago when we talked about it was basically an hour and excuse me uh 150 minutes which is basically two and a half hours you see here two hours and six minutes is the official time what what do you make of that do you feel like as shamari mentioned that perhaps there was a lot of time that was cut from this movie do you feel like that what what we were hearing earlier may have been inaccurate what do you think's going on and are you comfortable with this two hour and six minute runtime um You know, in terms of changes in the in the in the runtime, I, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that you know you hear rumors about reshoots and whatnot, stuff getting cut from. It sounds like this movie is you know it's gonna have a lot of cameos as we would expect, and uh, if they're sort of shuffling around which cameos they want to keep, which ones they don't, um, till they come to a until they come to a a number that they're more comfortable with. Um, from the from the movie's length perspective, I mean two hours. Over two hours is not short. Um, you know, Venom was like an hour and a half. I feel like that movie just flew by. Um, so this is, you know, it'll. It's not a short movie. It's just not, you know, the two hour and a half, three hour, you know, really long movie that we're accustomed to. So yeah, I mean, would I prefer, you know, a movie, you know, a movie that's long like that? Sure. I mean, I, you know, I have no problem with. You know, Marvel movies, particularly a movie like Doctor Strange that I expect to be very dense and have a lot of information to be longer. I don't have a problem with that. I didn't have a problem with it with Spider-Man. I uh, didn't have a problem with the runtime when it came to Eternals. Um was not a big fan of the Eternals movie, but I figured it needed to be longer because uh, there was a lot of information that needed to be uh, explained. But, you know, so I ne I'm, never, I'm never somebody that has a problem with long run times. But, you know, if you told me that, I don't know. Uh, Thor: Love and Thunder was gonna be three hours. I'd be like, really? Or how much are the Guardians in it? You know, like you gotta. You, there needs to be a reason. And with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I would have bought that three hours or two hours and a half means we're gonna get a lot from the Wanda story. We're gonna get a lot in terms of cameos, and that that'll be really expanded upon. But maybe not. Maybe it'll be a little bit quicker than we expect. And I, you know, in terms of characters, we don't really. There aren't that many characters in this movie that we know for a fact that are in it. Yeah, you know, we only know we only know you know Mordo, Wong, Steven, Wanda, and America Chavez. Yeah, and Christine and, Palmer. And Christine Palmer, and then also um, uh, one of the villains, uh, uh, the 
the dragon, right? Uh, Shumagora. Yeah, Shumagora. Yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. We, I guess we'll go get more information on that. They haven't confirmed it, but um, they weren't in the trailer. Uh, I mean, it was, but yeah, right. Yeah, I guess just in terms of what what that. You know, in terms of what that even looks like, is it a character, you know? Right, yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but yeah. But, but yeah. But I'm just saying, like, those are the ones we know. Those are story seen, points. And, we've yeah. seen these people or entities in the film, and they've told us they're in the film. But yeah. that's a very short list. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, you know. So, and we know, obviously, the Illuminati and us explain all that stuff, but, um, but who's to say that, that stuff will be, you know, shorter than maybe we expect? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think that's 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 what I think is my takeaway from this is I feel like this movie I think is really going to I mean it's called the multiverse of madness. I think that this movie I think is going to be a lot of drive-bys. I think we're going to see a lot of different things and maybe something very quick and we move right on to the next thing. I think it may end up being one of the more chaotic films. I don't necessarily mean chaotic in a bad way. I just mean that this notion that, oh, like, you know, when we see, like, Professor X, like, he's going to be a major factor in the rest of this movie. Like, that might not be the case. You might see him. You might have a short conversation with, you know, <laughs> with Strange, and then we move forward. Or when we see the uh, Monica Rambeau, uh, Captain Marvel, or, or rather Maria Rambeau, Captain Marvel, that it's a it's a very quick fight that they have, and then we move on. This just might not be a thing where we're seeing uh, these this this that those are key linchpins of the main story. I think the key linchpins of the main story are the people that are being billed in this film. I think, again, it's going to be, you know, Wanda Maximoff. I think it's going to be America Chavez. Uh, I think, I think Mordo will have something to say in this film, but, um, but I think that those are the people really, we're going to be following more throughout the whole film. I think a lot of this other stuff we're going to see are going to be quick drive-bys. And then what that leads me to, is my is my last question is if you are doing just these quick drive-bys like how much of what we see will even really matter in terms of what the MCU looks like after this film you know is this a film about putting the MCU together back to where it should be or will it be a film that does bring more people into the fold like essentially I guess Shamari I guess the question I'm asking is this does this become kind of a fan service kind of thing where you saw Professor X and you saw some things but nothing really actually happened like we didn't actually get any answers of what the X-Men is going to be or what the Fantastic Four is going to be or anything like that or you know will these people that we get introduced to actually have roles in the MC moving forward That that's I guess the last that's the question I would have for you Sham um well I mean I think it'll be a little bit of both yeah almost like a almost like a, uh, a, a scale a little bit uh, I think it'll be I think it'll be more fan servicey, but they will kind of introduce concepts, concepts, give hints as to how we'll see these people going forward. Um, so I think that's what we're gonna get. You know, I don't think we're gonna see Professor X, you know, mind controlling people. I would love that, but I don't think we're gonna see any of that. You know, I don't think we're gonna, you know, see the school, you know, Westchester. Or anything like that. I don't think we're going to get any of that. That is going to be that. I think it's a big question, and that's something we'll continue to legislate over the next month or so before the yeah. movie comes out. But you know, because we know there, we know that all these characters, we know all the characters, but we know like Professor X is in it. So, um, and we have an idea that you know, some version of a of a, of a different Captain Marvel is in it. You know, we'll we'll get a better idea of who it is. 
Um, and and we may get a version of Reed Richards. We may get a version of whatever whatever the Illuminati looks like. Captain Carter potentially, like how much of it is going to be we just see these people and but they like you like you mentioned and, and you mentioned that we don't get into the backstory or how much of it is going to be in the movie them having to explain and and, and delve into all oh, yeah charles xavier is a mutant this is what he does um or is it or is it just going to be we're supposed to get it um because it's going to be certain people i i assume that they'll pick people that they assume that people will recognize and that people will get it like you're not going to do you're not gonna do Black Bolt. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't think, you know, and not explain anything about Black Bolt. You know, you would have because there's too many people that would watch it and be like, "Who is this guy? Yeah. Why is he talking?" You know, I don't get it. Um, but like Professor X, ninety percent of the audience is gonna get it. Maria Rambeau, she's Captain Marvel. You know, I don't know, ninety percent are gonna get it, but a good amount of people will get it. So certain things that you won't have to explain. But yeah, no, I think that this is that's the big question with this movie. Um, I just feel like Marvel has been very, very quiet and very close to the vest about everything that they've brought from Fox. You know, we know that they're making the Fantastic Four. They confirmed that, and we know John Watts is making it, but we still don't even know who's playing the Fantastic Four. That feels like an answer we should have got months ago. Yeah. Um, ironically enough, this is a movie that we should have got months ago. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, or at least, uh, yeah, months ago, but then also like last week. But regardless, um, you know, we don't know who's playing Fantastic Four. We know nothing about the X Men, but we know that Charles Xavier is in this movie. You know, we yes. also know that Deadpool is something that they plan on making. We know sort of, sort of things about who's making it, but for the most part, Marvel has been very quiet about what's going on with Deadpool. So I think some of those answers get, some of those questions get answered in this. Um, in this movie um and that we'll feel a little bit more comfortable speculating on some of this stuff after we see the movie we'll wrap the show here talking about the batman so i mentioned earlier there was an actor who has been in a batman movie in the past who did not like a take on one of the characters that they had played in the batman movie that they were in when they watched when they saw this new version of the batman that actor was jim carrey if you guys remember, Jim Carrey played the Batman. Excuse me, he did not play the Batman. Let me rewind. <laughs> what kind of crazy Jim Carrey of played the Riddler in <laughs> Batman not. Forever. That would have been a wild movie, Jim Carrey as Batman. <laughs> uh, no, Jim Carrey played the Riddler in Batman Forever. And, of course, he's going to be in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And they're on their press run. And he was talking with Unilad about the Batman, considering course we have the riddler in this film played by paul dano and he described mixed emotions seeing clips of paul dano's riddler character he acknowledged that it is a very dark version of the riddler um he said quote to each his own on all of that i love paul dano as an actor he's a tremendous actor there's a spot of worry in me over gaffer taping people's faces and encouraging people to do the same some sickles out there that might adopt that method I do I do have a conscience about things that I choose. Robot Nick has cartoon bombs and nobody and no one gets hurt. I know there is a place for the Batman. I don't want to criticize it, but it's not my kind of thing. It's very well done. Those are those movies are very well done. So Kendall, you made similar 
concerns, you voice similar concerns about the Joker when we saw Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal of the Joker. And here, while I think it's important to note that Carrie says he did not see the Batman movie, though I don't know if seeing it would have made him feel better about this character. He says what he saw from the Riddler, also he felt maybe set a dangerous precedent of people seeing someone acting in such a disturbing manner. Because you had related to these feelings with the Joker, I'll ask you first, do you relate to these feelings regarding this Riddler character? <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, I mean, watching that movie, sitting there, I'm seeing the Riddler kind of doing the, the same sort of, you know, innocent guy bullied, you know, now is, you know, turning, turning the shoe on the, on the bullies, so to speak. <laughs> You know, I but I, I wasn't really getting those same thoughts about Joker. Um, you know, or rather, I wasn't getting the same thoughts that the Riddler was as dangerous as the Joker was uh, sitting there watching the movie. Um, I feel like I've seen the Riddler story before, you know, and I never really thought, man, you know, somebody watch this and just flip flip on a dime. So maybe maybe I maybe I now I'm, I'm I'm looking back and I'm saying maybe I was a little harsh on the Joker movie. I think the thing that sent me over the edge with Joker a little bit and I've mentioned this before was the idea that I felt like the Joker sort of won at the end of the movie. He didn't yes, he was he ended up, you know, in a police car, but from his point of view, he's looking at it like I my job is complete, you know, I got the W. And so that messaging however deep and meta it was from uh, Todd Phillips Joaquin Phoenix, you're making the movie perspective. From a viewer perspective, could be viewed, I don't know, depending on a certain person, I don't know. Somebody can view that as, you know, I don't know. I'm not even going to get too deep in that. But point being, um, when, I was, when, I, when I'm watching Riddler, I mean, the Riddler lost, you know, to, you know to, to, at least from the movie perspective. You know, Batman stopped him. His plan was thwarted. He was devastated. And I don't know. Um... So yeah, I was I wasn't as concerned about that, and then also you know I think I've probably probably softened up a bit since you know knock on wood uh, we haven't seen too many Joker imposters you know running around causing any sort of violence. Not a Joker gang, you know we don't have any Joker gang. So um, so I so overall I'm not I guess I'm not as uh I, I guess I'm not as concerned about that right now, and also I mean. <laughs> Honestly, you know, there's more concerning things in the world than, you know, some guy deciding to, uh, you know, I mean, you don't want to blow up a city, but some guy deciding to, uh, you know, go Riddler. Um, it's dangerous, but there's, there's there's even more dangerous stuff out there. So I, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna worry about Paul Daniels Riddler at night when I go to sleep. Okay, Sham, do you, do you feel like Carrie has a point regarding this Riddler character? Uh, no, um, though I feel I would actually agree with Kendall's Joker argument more in this case. So I feel the opposite of Kendall. Um, so I think Carrie has more of a point here than in Joker. Um, Joker just seems so crazy. He just seems like a crazy. That's actually interesting. So to be clarified for the listener. So you're saying that while you don't agree, you feel like Carrie's case is stronger than Kendall's yeah. case for why he thought the Riddler, the, the Joker was that's yes. Okay. Yeah, I feel like the case is stronger to make that this movie will create copycats than Joker will create copycats. Why is that? Uh, um, because in this movie, you see Riddler 
building a community of followers through the dark web, clearly, (laughs) you know, through getting them all to dress like him. Hey, guys, this is our plan. This is when we'll do it. We'll shoot the mayor and they shot the mayor, (laughs) you know, we'll flood the city and they flooded the city. Um, You know, really, by the way. Huh? I said spoiler alert, by the way. But yeah. Ah, the movie's been out. Go see <laughs> no, 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 I'm just saying. It had to be said. There, is, there may be someone listening who's like, hey. So I want to acknowledge that person and say, hey, sorry. It's spoiler alert. Uh, but yes. That, uh, that sorry. Happen. You know, we'll go see Batman. If you haven't seen Batman by now, what are you doing? I agree with um, that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, you know, though, you know, if you're, you know, I know it's still a pandemic. If you have, you know, conditions and stuff, I understand that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but yeah, I agree with. I think it's there's more of an argument for this movie. Um, there's much more of an effort to to create copycats. You know, the Riddler makes copycats uh, in this movie. Uh, he, part of his plan is to get some copycats to do what he would have done. Um, so yeah, so that's that's a little no, that's a little more. It makes me get a little worried that oh maybe you know. Um, you know, could this happen? Could someone do this? Um, and, uh, you know, I think, I think the Joker was just a little more graphic, you know, at the R rating. Um, it was so drawn out. The, 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 the torture of this, this guy, Arthur Fleck was so drawn out throughout the whole movie. And then, you know, he quote unquote wins as Kendall puts it. You know, at the end, and he's all, oh, yeah, he's all yeah, happy. Yeah. Good stuff. guy. Good guy, Arthur Fleck, <laughs> just snap. So I see Kendall's point there as well, but I'm just saying, you know, here, you know, the Riddler, he's, you know. And the thing that. That man doesn't solve the riddle in time. Right. And a lot of people get hurt. So, you know, it is it is worth noting that, you know, when we had a situation, you know, about a decade ago. In Aurora, Colorado, there was the the Joker impersonator that was based off Heath Ledger, uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. So you know these that's part of the reason why these sorts of situations, you know, right. are you know there's a little bit of danger involved when you're creating these characters, these villains that are almost so hyper realistic that someone may watch that and be like, I want to be like this guy, and so that is uh mm-hmm. you know that that is always the you know worst case scenario in your mind. Um, but I don't, I mean, I mean, just again, knock on wood, I don't expect to see any of that regarding Riddler. I don't really, at this point, again, don't expect to see any of that with Joker, but, um, I I feel like with the Riddler, anyone that, 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 that tries to be Riddler would have snapped anyway. Right, right, right. That that always, that always, and and also the, the other thing that I, that I will say is that I think the reason why the Joker thing hit more for me is that the movie was, it was a Joker movie. Like, the movie was all about Arthur Fleck. He was the center <laughs> of the stage. And again, he, he he won. Whereas with this, I'm like, I guess in theory you could say that about any, any comic book movie. Like, there's some villain that someone could then say, I'm Bane today. Or today I'm, you know, I don't know, Ironmonger. Or I'm Killmonger. And I'm going to go take out. Oh, yeah, I mean, I guess all this, all these people have rights. I mean, I, and I mean, they're all evil people. But when you're, you're, when you're you know. telling the villain's story so deeply and it's so real, I don't know. It's just a little worrisome. I, I think I think you know not to totally just rehash the Joker thing. I I, I pushed back at the time. And I still push back. And I did a Joker one. I mean, yes, when he was in a police car, there were people who 
ran into a police car to allow him to temporarily escape. But we do see that he's in Arkham by the end of the movie. So it's not like whatever short when he had where he was on the police car dancing on top with the fire and people cheering him. But that, that was a very, it was short-lived. It wasn't like, oh, he went on to then have a, 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 a career of crime where he was free and things like that. You know, we see him next scene, he's in Arkham. And he's in a straitjacket. So I, that's for that. So I, I kind of push back a little bit on that. I think in regards to Carrie's point, I think I just think we at some, at some point we had a fine line where it's like, what can we do that's art? And what can we do that like, like art pushes boundaries. I'm not going to be that guy. that's like, oh, you know, art should be able to do whatever the hell he wants. I, I'm not that person. So let me make that clear. But art does push boundaries. And I think we do have to have, a real conversation of like what is acceptable and what is not, and I don't know. I I mean I I think the idea that people are on the web and that they interact with people in order to do heinous crimes or to create communities of people who do heinous crimes or act in a heinous manner. I mean that is that is real. That just happens. It's real. Like that's <laughs> yeah. not that's not something that's like made up. Like I almost feel like I think I would maybe. A, disagree with him a little bit that I think I think Kendall may have had a stronger point though I get Shamari's point um that like this th- that that happened so therefore this may be more quote-unquote dangerous than what Kendall's talking about I think that Kendall the reason why I think Kendall makes a, a more where I, I understand where Kendall's coming from though I I do disagree is I think there's th- the imagery of the fact that there is people who end up supporting him in that scene and I think the the graphic nature of how he goes about taking out his bullies in a way. Like, I feel like, in a weird way, like, Riddler's... Riddler's gripe almost seems like someone's going to try that. Like, they're, they're going to die trying. Like, I hate to say it like that, like, harshly. But if a guy decides, yo, I'm going to try to take out, like, the New York City mayor and, like, the New York City district attorney and, like, you know, the police chief. Like, they're going to die trying. Like, you have no chance to, to actually pull off what the Riddler actually did. And so, like, to me, like, Joker, you know, beating up his bullies, taking, you know, taking out people who had wronged him, that feels a little more like something that actually does happen. Now, maybe the means of which he does is unrealistic because we don't normally see that. But because the means in which we see Riddler create his community seem more realistic. But the actual actions, which is really what we care about the most, uh those to me are, are way less realistic from what Riddler was doing. So I think to me that does matter. So when we think about art, I think we have to consider, hey, this is a very outlandish situation. Like, you know, the fact that a guy could, first of all, that you have mayor and district attorney people that are like in it with like a, are hanging out with crime bosses and things like that. I mean, it's all very <laughs> over the top. So they get to all these points to then have a person actually say oh i'm gonna do this i i find that hard to believe joker thing was so much more personal so much of arthur's f- fight and so much of arthur's struggle is personal whereas in the riddler story while it is personal like because it's from such a macro level and because we're seeing it through batman's perspective it just does i don't think it hits as strong so i for a long story short i i don't nec- i don't agree with with Carrie, I do, I do, I don't feel like because things hit too close to home in regards to how people actually commit crimes or how people actually create communities of dangerous people that 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 means you just can't display that on film. 
because we display all kinds of things on film that are dangerous and are problematic. But, you know, it's important to let people know that to, to maybe tell the message or to just make your art seem more realistic. I mean, you know, again, like racism is terrible and and I hate to see it and it's I hate to experience it. Someone I have experienced it. But does that mean you can't have people who are racist in movies to show a point or to try to, you know, say that and it clearly show they're not the, they're, that they're the bad, bad guys or something like that? Like, of course. You have people who, who, who are who are all terrible kind of people. That doesn't mean we don't display them on in art because we want everyone just to be all just perfect good people. Like I don't I don't know. I, I don't really understand that idea, that, that that thought process and how people should approach film. But I am seeing I feel like more of that conversation to me as art becomes better, honestly. As art develops into something that's less campy something that's more real i think we're seeing more of these hey is this we send the right message by even displaying this and it's like i don't know man like we live in a messed up world (laughs) so to act like it's not happening and that we should just act like oh well let's just keep things as cookie cutter as possible i don't know how i don't know what purpose that serves i don't think it really helps anything but that's just me any last thoughts before we move before we uh head out of here uh well, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't think these movies are, are dangerous. I feel like I, I really hope this rhetoric, uh, this kind of uh, rhetoric that Kendall started doesn't. Yeah, man. <laughs> this rhetoric that Kendall is cancel. trying to put out, put out here. Kendall's trying to cancel, cancel all, Joker. Kendall's trying to cancel all these movies, all the villain movies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I just, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really buying it. I know, um, you know, shout out to Dennis Zhang. I know he, he was saying similar things after Joker right? Uh, as well. Dennis Zhang used to be an on Collider as well. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I just, you know, there have been other kind of really kind of disturbing, you know, slasher films, you know, movies where guys lose their minds and do all kinds of horrible things. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I feel like there's there's a lot of examples where you could say, oh, my God, well, someone sees this and does it. You know, what I mean, I, I mean, I, there's a lot of movies like that. Disturbing, disturbing movies yeah, that, are, yeah. that have nothing to do with comic books. Yeah. Where people just fly off the handle and just go nuts. And, you know, I, I, I feel like I don't think we should uh, look at those directors <laughs> and say. Where I just got done watching an episode of FBI. Yeah, we, yeah, where... we see that stuff a lot. <laughs> you know? see it all the time. See a lot, quite a lot of that stuff. And I'm sure the FBI actually does see a lot of that stuff. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, I don't think we should look, look at these you know, directors and screenwriters right. and say, oh, look at what you did. Look at what you inspired. Look at what you're doing. You know, I, I right. think that's kind of neat. So, um, so yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, I hope this kind of rhetoric kind of kind of dies down a little bit. I also right. wouldn't. Yeah, I also wouldn't. I, you know, I know he mentioned Dano and Dano's performance. And I just I also don't. Put any onus on the on the actor, um, you know. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. If there's anybody to call out, you know, in theory it's Matt Reeves, but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, this is a it's it's something that you're gonna see more in the in the Batman space than you will in in the Marvel space or in the Superman space, you know. <laughs> like you're gonna see the more gritty, more realistic villain. Um, you know, we won't have this problem if we get a Mister Freeze. Um, you know, we'll we're not going to see him as a breeze. Yeah, I know. I would hope not. I mean, <laughs> start teaching people chemistry, but, um, but so it really, I guess, it depends on the on the character. But, um, but yeah, but I think with this specific conversation, what we'd be had with someone like 
this version of the Riddler or like, you know, the Joker, this ver- they're the versions of the Joker that we tend to always get, which we talked about a little bit um, last week. But um, those those characters in particular, because they're very real, you know, they've been made more realistic. They've been made more gritty. And so because of that, it's more believable that, yeah, you know, somebody, you know, give them a month. They might figure out how to be the Joker, might figure out how to be Riddler. Um, although EJ makes a good point that some of the Riddler's tactics and um, whatnot aren't really plausible, uh, you know, in real life. So there, it goes both ways. But you know, I, again, don't I wouldn't put the onus on the uh, on the actors per se. All right, and that's gonna do it for this edition of New Generation Hero Talk. Hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. I certainly did. Of course, if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn is where you can find these episodes. Of course, be sure to check us out on YouTube, New Generation Media. Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast. And follow us individually on social media. You can find Kendall on Twitter, New Gen Ken. Shamari's on Snapchat and Instagram, MCSham22. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, and on Instagram, Action EJ. Thank you guys again for checking us out. Kendall, Fishamari, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.